0: Welcome to the Primal Canadians podcast where you can learn how to solve sophisticated problems with primal wisdom and now your hosts the Primal Canadians hey and welcome back to the Primal Canadians podcast this week we're talking about something a little bit different we're talking about somebody else's program
1: Yep, Mark Sisson's program, the Primal Blueprint. It's how I first got onto the Primal Lifestyle when I uh, discovered this, and it transformed uh, it transformed my health in many ways. It transformed... Uh, my, my health from the way I ate food, it transformed the way I performed on the playing field, how I perceived training and ultimately I just had a lot more energy and now after 2-3 years of living primal I have significantly improved my health markers uh, like my blood tests and the way I feel and the energy that I have through the day.
0: Yeah, you know if I remember right the primal blueprint was one of the main re- reasons we ended up becoming friends. I was talking about WildFit and the program I was on and you overheard me and that sounds a lot like the Primal Blueprint and you're telling me about it and that's how we realize we resonate well and that's yep. sort of the foundational basis of this whole podcast.
1: Yeah, they're both I feel very similar. They're both back to the basics of uh, how we used to uh, live and eat as human beings. So today, what we're going to talk about is the 10 laws of the Primal Blueprint, which are 10 laws that are categorized by the lifestyle principles of our ancestors. So the things that we used to do uh, back in the day. Awesome. So uh, let's dive right into it. There's uh, there's a few different components uh to, to the primal blueprint, but the 10 laws of the primal blueprint are what they're my code that I live by. It's my workout regimen. It's my training principles. It's my uh, eating habits. It's my life insurance. It's really everything that I, that I need to stay happy, safe, and healthy. Um, whenever I feel something is off, I can look back at those and I see uh, where I am misaligned or where I'm, what area I am lacking in.
0: Yeah, that's a great it's great to have something like that when something's not right in your life you can look back and look against a a framework or something that can tell you or give you an idea of what's gone out of balance or where what aspects of your life you need to work on more.
1: Yeah so the founder of him again is mark sisson who has uh mark's daily apple who he founded back in 92 which is a blog for health so be sure to check him out at mark's daily apple and find him on facebook and instagram at mark sisson who also has now the primal kitchen and uh some other stuff we'll talk about as we go but diving into the 10 laws of the primal blueprint the very first one is eat plants and animals so you know, a thousand years ago, before we had processed foods and <laughs> before we uh, refined, refined our foods and um, and uh, processed them in a way to save them a lot longer um, and genetically modify them to overproduce and get far bigger yields, um, that's how we would eat. Everything we ate was either a harvested animal or freshly harvested plant. Uh, animals uh, sorry freshly uh, harvested plants like herbs fruits vegetables berries those kinds of things and that's how we lived. and our bodies have adapted you know for for thousands of years some even say for millions of years um, to to uh, extracting nutrients and living and getting energy out of those types of foods yeah exactly you know for our ancestors and not even
0: necessarily our ancestors but even our, our recent ancestors like or, or not too many generations back plants and animals were the only options to eat yeah nowadays it's more like eat some variation of wheat corn sugar and chemicals yeah but now but that's not really food we most of us know that most of the people listening to this podcast know that but it's an important point to remember that humans are meant to eat plants and animals
1: yeah Definitely, and I'm going to take it, actually, I take it myself a little bit further with eating plants and animals because um, I, I stay very much within that. So I don't really eat dairy uh, of any kind, including cheese or ghee butter. I, I avoid dairy, and I also don't eat eggs. So those are both nut plants and animals. I do this mainly because, well, I've... Uh, Uh, I've tried to make some health improvements, and before I removed those, I was kind of held back. So I've definitely come to know that those can be harmful foods when you're trying to uh, feel better or overcome a certain health condition. So definitely sticking just in between that plants and animals uh, and avoiding the processed stuff. And uh, and the the touch that I'm putting on here is to avoid the eggs and the dairy as well. If you're looking to move any health markers or struggling with any condition like uh, autoimmune or anything that's uh, down the lines of viruses or infections.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that, especially the dairy. Um, I don't eat eggs, but it's mostly because I can't stand how they taste and they make me feel sick. But the dairy part, like I look at the rest of the world and I think only 10% of humans on the planet are not lactose intolerant. Yeah. The fact that ninety percent of people in the world can't eat dairy tells me that there's something toxic to us about it. Totally, There's something yeah. wrong with it. There's some reason we should not be having it. So I yeah. think it's better
1: to just get it up. Get 100%. it out. Hundred percent. And so here's the tricky thing about it because there's so many like uh, like n- well-known you know healthy things about dairy. There's healthy things about eggs. You know they're they're a good balance of proteins and fats. Um, you know, they have a different type of fat, like, a, uh, you know, a, a naturally occurring trans fats, that kind of stuff. It has, uh, like eggs have, um, uh, they're rich in, in certain minerals, but still these foods, it doesn't really matter what the healthy components to them are. They feed infections, they feed viruses, pathogens. Um, they are unwanted objects for the body. So, um, um a uh, big recommendation to avoid those if you're looking to uh, preserve your health or uh, feel better today
0: yeah exactly i mean if it's not a plant or an animal chances are good we don't need it there's no reason to eat it i mean maybe there's a reason but it's not going to do anything for our health if anything it's going to make us feel worse what's the next one
1: it's not going to serve us uh the next one is avoid poisonous things this is probably the most important one of them all
0: yeah i mean that just seems like good common sense and yet here we are living in a world that's essentially a toxic cesspool of all kinds of poisonous things that we live around every
1: day yeah well (laughs) <laughs> and and the the struggle there is identifying, like, what is a poisonous thing? Like, a lot of things, uh, especially foods that I refer to as poisonous, people don't uh, see them poisonous and often get offended by it. But take a cigarette, for example. You know, like, smoking a cigarette isn't going to kill you, but it's clearly poisonous. If you keep smoking cigarettes, you're poisoning yourself. Yeah, exactly. Or uh, bad laundry detergent, for example.
0: Yeah, it's not going to kill you, but it's going to make your skin break out and it's going to give you a rash and it's going to build up in your system and it's eventually going to poison you.
1: Yep, 100%. So I think with uh, with food, there is the biggest, the first place to start. So poisonous things would be junk food, processed foods, chips, cookies, um uh, you know, margarine, canola oil. I'm not going to go into each food group specifically, but generally if it's not a plant or an animal and if it's been processed or genetically modified or overheated or its state has been changed too much by uh, humans, then it's become poisonous.
0: Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, the the more steps there are between you and whatever the source of that food was, the more likely it is that it's poisonous for some reason.
1: Yeah. And then past the food, there's uh, the chemicals, um, there's radiation, uh, there's mold. Um, what other types of toxin- toxins are there that you Oh, think there's, there's
0: all kinds of stuff. Noise pollution. We've got air pollution. We've got uh, toxic people in our lives. To- yeah. you know, people with bad attitudes bringing us down.
1: Like, there's yeah. so
0: many poisonous things in the world. So yeah. really pay attention to what they are and mm-hmm. avoid them.
1: Fumes, definitely. I like that you said that one. That's one that you can't ignore, um, especially if you spend a lot of time in the city, on the road, uh, in an industrial area, in a shop near a plant. Uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of chemicals in the air, uh, bad fumes that your body has to process and that often just get hung up and become stagnant in the body and causes problems down the line. Exactly. What's number three? And number three is move frequently. So move. the full term is move frequently at a slow pace, so you don't have to drag heavy things or run all out. It's just keep yourself moving frequently, um, which is something, you know, back in the primal days, uh, we were always, you know, on the move for food. We were always, um, you know, moving for better land. We were always, we were always moving around doing something to, uh, to enhance our lifestyles or to keep ourselves safe and healthy.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, movement has always been a huge part of human existence, even up until a hundred years ago when most people heated their houses with wood. Yeah. You know, you had to go out and harvest the wood and chop it and bring it inside and all that stuff. Yeah. In the modern world, we've gotten to a point where movement is barely necessary. You know, yeah. we... we take our we walk down our stairs to our attached garage and jump Mm -hmm. in our car and drive to work and then jump in the elevator and ride up to our cubicle and sit at our desk all day then ride the elevator back down and get back in our car and drive home and then like the most movement we got was walking from our bedroom to the car yeah and I mean that's not nearly enough
1: no it's well known that sitting is the new smoking on how detrimental it is to our health so finding ways to to move more can It's really easy to do and it can be something as simple as parking your car a little bit further away from the doors uh, taking the stairs instead of the elevators Um, You know going going out going for a walk um, Maybe maybe you can walk to the grocery store instead of drive or anything that you can do that requires you moving around more if you have a job that you're sitting a lot or where you're maybe not sitting but you're in a chronic position all the time taking the time to stretch take a few deep breaths turn around like uh, rotate your shoulders lift your arms up anything that you can do to counteract that not moving is going to have positive effects to your gene expression
0: yeah and even just like if you have the opportunity to work at a standing desk uh, and shift around on your feet Um, set an alarm on your phone to go for a walk now and then um, with the advent of Apple watches and Fitbits and all that wearable technology now, there's even stuff that can sense when you haven't been moving enough and give you a reminder. I'll add a caveat, I am not a big fan of strapping technology to your arm and wearing it all day, but if you're that kind of person, there's that option as well.
1: Yep, fully agree. Uh, So that brings us to number four, lift heavy things. Lift
0: heavy things. Well, that's uh, something that most people don't do very much of at all. And some people do way too much of.
1: I think it's something that uh, a lot of us work really hard to get away from this day and age. Well,
0: exactly. That's what all this technology and machinery we've invented is for.
1: Yeah, yeah what kind of a button or what kind of a system can we implement so we don't have to uh work as hard
0: <laughs> yeah exactly with all these conveniences we've forgotten that the human machine needs to work yep. you know we're humans and cars are more similar than you would think mm-hmm. you know, if you take two cars and you park them uh, you, you park one of them in a garage and you don't touch it and you drive the other one every single day for two years yeah after two years you take those two cars Which one do you think is going to be ready to go? Oh, the one that's been running. Exactly. The one that's sitting in the garage is going to be seized up. It's going to need fresh fuel. It's going to need some work done on it before it's ready to go. Humans are the same way. Mm -hmm. We need to operate our bodies according to their design. Otherwise, they're not going to function according to their design.
1: Yeah, they're going to fade away. The the use it or lose it principle principle. applies to pretty much all of these laws here
0: totally and then like with lifting heavy things you're going to build muscle you're going to improve joint mobility you're going to improve circulation you're going to get your lymph fluid moving through your system
1: like it has so many benefits yeah exactly i know a lot of people when we talk about lifting heavy things especially in the gym um, or specifically in the gym i should say uh, when we talk about lifting heavy things people don't want to lift too heavy because they don't want to get big uh, that's something that I hear a lot. They want to avoid um, lifting heavy weights because they don't want to get on get too much muscle mass on. Well, that's fair, but the body doesn't really just because you lift heavy. The body doesn't really uh, isn't going to become big. The body becomes big when you're chronically lifting heavy. And Not even as heavy as you can. There's a different method for actually putting on muscle mass But for lifting heavy things all it's going to do is as you said It's going to stack your joints uh, set your posture up way better and it's going to activate a lot more muscle fibers and uh, Essentially just make your body functions work a lot better for you.
0: Yeah, exactly There's a big
1: difference between lifting heavy things and bodybuilding totally yeah, and I mean like I always like in the gym too, especially when we lift heavy things, you know, when we're doing say a deadlift, a squat maybe isn't such a good an example of it, but when we pick up something like, like a deadlift, if you make it super heavy, we can't really do it with an arch back. We, we have to use proper form to be able to lift it. So often just switching to something that's really heavy is going to correct your posture.
0: Yeah. I remember when you and I were working out together uh, the, before we were really friends. Uh, you taught me about that and how with the squats, my form was not quite right. We threw on a whole bunch more weight and suddenly I self-corrected. And it's because of that, like your body knows biomechanically what it can get away with safely. yeah. And when you have that heavy weight, you're naturally going to go into the position that's best
1: Mm -hmm. to to accommodate that. Totally. So um, I want to say this with the warning. I don't want you to go and load up a heavy bar and see how heavy you can squat now just to correct your posture because if there is a dysfunction, it will, uh, it will present itself somewhere as in an injury or something like that. You want to make sure that you're, you don't have a dysfunction, that your core is actually turned on or that you are warmed up, like doing 10-15 minutes to do a warm-up and then lift super heavy. But uh, definitely, you know, you're not going to uh, bend down to pick up a heavy rock with uh, with arched back and a collapsed core. Yeah, exactly. And that brings us to number five: sprint once in a while. And I think this is my favorite one. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just it's so little, and it has the benefits to it are just are just tremendous, you know. And before I actually learned the ten, before I actually learned the primal blueprint, before I got certified as a health coach and learned the program a big part this was actually a big part of it like sprinting properly when why and how to sprint properly i never actually did it right but once i started sprinting right um, resting properly before and after a- and not overdoing it i uh, my my fitness actually improved tremendously like i had so much more muscle tone i became so much leaner uh, my brain function improved and i had to spend far less time training
0: yeah, I can believe it. You know, if you think back, like I always do, to our ancestors, sprinting was something we did have to do once in a while. Yeah. From time to time, we, our ancestors would walk around a corner and there would be a lion. Yeah, And they would have to turn around and sprint like crazy to get away from that lion. Yeah, Or sometimes you would be chasing a zebra or something that you wanted to kill for dinner. Yeah. And it would take off, you would have to sprint after it. Yeah. And it it's just makes perfect sense that we evolved to sprint sometimes.
1: Right. And I think that was probably and th- I think that's why it is so beneficial is because those were the most important times like when we had to run from uh, the tribe that was chasing us or from the lion that wanted to eat us. That's that's when survival was at its you know at its peak. That's when we really had to uh, perform, and that's when the body, the body systems, really all started turning on and started working for us. And that's why I feel it's so crucial and so beneficial for us to uh, sprint. Yeah, totally. So, uh, just one more little, little uh, tip that I want to leave with that: um, you don't have to do it too often. For me, sprinting is once or twice a, uh, a month that I'll program it. You know, summertime I'll play sports. I'm gonna be sprinting a lot more. But if I'm just programming it or using it to enhance my fitness, then it's going to be once or twice a month kind of thing with, uh, on days that I feel really good. That's also very important. And I want to have full, uh, good recovery afterwards. So even if I don't do anything for the next two or three days, that's ideal because it's a, it's a huge load on the central nervous system to go all out as fast as you can. Yeah, definitely and then number six another super important one get plenty of sleep
0: yeah that's super critical i mean you talk to sleep experts these days and you hear you'll hear anywhere from like seven to nine hours every single night is super important and it's not just about the length of time you're sleeping but how well you're sleeping yeah but the sleep is the time where our brains process the emotions of the day the input that we had throughout the day it's when our bodies repair uh, the physical damage we've done, it's when our blood gets, uh, filtered out by our liver. Like it's, it's the time that our body needs to re- to, s- to regenerate. And yep. I mean, that's the thing. Our bodies are regenerative machines. And if we don't give them the time to regenerate, they're just going to deteriorate.
1: Yeah. Yeah, one critical thing that I learned uh, from the Primal Blueprint and training and feeling good was that it doesn't, you can't really just do the hard work or you can't really do just um, follow the right type of program. It's also about resting. So um, progress equals work and recovery and uh, recovery as sleep are so many important functions of sleep. We actually have an episode on sleep. If you haven't heard that yet, I encourage you to go back and have a listen to that one. And make sure that you are getting the most out of your sleep every night. Absolutely. And don't be uh, s- uh, scared to sleep in the afternoon as well. Like I know that's often um, people wear a badge of honor saying that I, I don't I don't nap in the afternoon. Or sometimes when I've told somebody I take a nap, I people try to make fun of me for napping in the afternoon. But hey, I mean that's a that's a healthy that's a very healthy thing to do. And you can't really get a, you can't really uh, you know there's no substitute for it you can't you can't uh i mean you can eat better and you can exercise better but there's really no substitute for sleep it's so crucial yeah absolutely and that brings us to law number seven play
0: ah yes one of the most important ones that so many people especially adults completely forget to do
1: yeah hunter yeah um like we talk about meditation a lot uh, on this Podcast, and this is and this is where play really comes in. Like this, play is a form of meditation. It's where we're just completely present. Um, There's no agendas. There's no competition. There's no uh, expectations, and there's no having to be anywhere else or trying to rush or um, anything like that. It's just completely just letting yourself be present and do whatever you want to do. Maybe it's maybe it's drawing. Maybe it's coloring. Maybe it's uh, playing music maybe it you know there could be some athletic components to it to a certain degree like you can learn a new sport but if you're going out uh you know to try and win a ball game every week or something like that it wouldn't really be considered a a real form of play because it's too competitive based it's not actually play anymore
0: yeah i mean anytime you're taking something too seriously it it it's out of the realm of play it starts to become work yeah but when you're doing it for the sheer enjoyment of doing it then it's play Yeah. No, watch, watch children on a playground and see how they just, they laugh and joke and run around and play tag and do all this crazy stuff. There's, there's no reason for it. They're just doing it to have fun, but they're getting all these side benefits of, for one thing, they're getting exercise, they're outside, they're developing deeper connections with each other. Like there's Mm -hmm. all kinds of reasons and it's so good for de-stressing.
1: Yeah. Getting all the happy hormones uh, activated in your blood again.
0: Yeah, and I mean, in the modern world, for so many people, playing means going out to the club or the bar and getting drunk. Like, that's not playing. That makes us feel good for a while, but you can get that same level of feel good from going and actually playing. I'll give you an example. Um, About six or so weeks ago, I got invited to go and play trampoline dodgeball with a bunch of people that I, I worked with for the, uh, for the previous week. And the, the whole week was super serious, super intense, like we got lots of work to do. And then we went and we decompressed by this game of trampoline dodgeball. It was amazing. Like it was so much fun and we came out of it all as better friends, feeling better. We were laughing, joking, giggling. I mean, a couple people got injured, but it wasn't really a big deal because yeah. we were having so much fun.
1: That's so cool. Yeah, you just gotta activate that inner child call call up that little child again and just uh, just enjoy playing like maybe even it's just a a deck of cards or something like that just where you're not having to think and you're just being present and having that time with uh, maybe it's with yourself or maybe it's with a group of people or a best friend getting that playtime in it's crucial for a healthy balanced life absolutely and then law number eight get plenty of sunlight
0: that's an important one as well and it's something that uh, more and more in uh, the world we're getting less and less of it that sounded really weird but we're, we're getting less all the yeah. time you know we're we we're, get it we're yeah. all scared of uh skin cancer and yeah. all this stuff and so we cover up and we mm-hmm. we don't go out in the sun or when we do we put tons of sunscreen on which affects the way our skin yeah. processes the sunlight and,
1: yeah, man, it's it's another one of those um, it's another one of those weird ones like like to eat plants and animals almost because there's so many uh, ideas that say that sun is bad for for skin cancer. Well, I I think and, and in fact no, there's there's a missing link there somewhere. It's not that. Um, too much sun exposure alone will get you skin cancer. Unless you're going out daily in the heat of the day and baking yourself in the skin, that can be detrimental to your skin. But just getting sun exposure onto your skin alone is not, uh, in my belief, what actually causes skin cancer. There's another connection there that hasn't... There's another link missing there that hasn't been discovered yet.
0: I tend to agree. I mean, I'm no doctor. I don't don't pretend to be. But I really do think that we like i mean there's there's definitely good sun and bad sun but i think we as humans can tell what's what you know like if you go outside on a nice sunny spring day and the sun's shining on you it warms you up and you feel amazing right it just gives you this general uplifting feeling but then if you wait three four hours on that same day in the afternoon the sun's up high in the sky and it's intense and you go out and immediately you start sweating and you're way too hot and you feel like there's a different feeling about that sun and i really think that that's our body telling us this is too intense sun go sit in the shade yeah versus this is good sun soak it up and enjoy yeah. it and just i mean really just being in tune with our bodies and feeling that out
1: yeah and i think for skin exposure it's as simple as you know if you're sunburning, you're getting too much um, but i think what's even more important is the sunlight that you're getting into your eyes like um, i I think uh sunglasses can be very detrimental to health um because you're blocking out that natural sunlight i I actually hardly i think i had sunglasses on three times all of last summer uh sometimes in the winter time with the glare of the snow I needed a lot more but it's definitely something that I really avoid as much as I can is putting uh sunglasses and blocking sunlight out of my eyes because i think i think you know the brain needs it um there's there's uh, many um, studies showing that, you know, sunlight into your eyes suppresses uh, tumor growth. And there's many other health benefits. And I think the, 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 can- the skin cancer link is missing somewhere in there with, like, the balance of what's happening uh, with the eyes. Like, I think when you're exposed to sun, you can't be blocking your eyes from the sun with sunglasses, or you shouldn't be uh, to as much as you can.
0: Yeah, it makes sense to me. I mean, the filtered light, uh, affects your brain differently than unfiltered light it makes sense I mean I, I do tend to wear sunglasses a lot uh, throughout the summer but it's partly because I'm a landscaper and I'm outside in hot intense sun 12 hours a day Yeah. So, and, my and eyes you probably
1: get need them for safety glasses as well so sometimes you know you can't get away from that but still like when you can you want to take them off even if it's for you know an X, X amount of minutes or hours a day when you can, just uh, removing them, especially in the morning. So it's going to also enhance our circadian rhythm and many other um, uh, functions that are, uh, that are crucial for, for human health. You know, there's not just vitamin D that's in sunlight. There's many other healing components to sunlight that are uh, grounding as well as healing.
0: Yeah, I mean, sun has been around for way longer than humans have, so there's a very good chance that we evolved to need it in some way.
1: Yep. Yeah, so don't be scared of sunlight. Um, put sunscreen on if you're going to burn or put some clothing on if you're going to burn. Make sure the sunscreen is chemical-free, of course, and uh, get it into your eyes as much as you can. It's super healthy. Definitely. That brings us to number nine, avoid stupid mistakes. Well, that one's kind of an obvious one, but really, like, I think it's, I think I like how they're laid out as this one being number nine, because if you don't have those first eight in line, then you may not, your brain may just not be at the functioning capacity to be able to avoid stupid mistakes.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, stupid mistakes, it's important we talk about what is a stupid mistake, you know, is it? A mistake is a mistake. It's a learning opportunity. I think a stupid mistake is the one you make twice or three times or four times.
1: Yeah, something you do over and over again, or something that you know for sure that you shouldn't be doing. Like um, the first one that comes to mind here is uh, like texting and driving. You know, when you're driving and you're 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 controlling a vehicle that's moving down down the highway or the freeway, and your eyes are down on a phone. Well, that's that's a stupid mistake.
0: Yeah, exactly. It makes total sense to me.
1: Yeah, or going into, uh, um, you know, the outback without any, uh, without any protective equipment, something like that. You know, thinking you can, you can survive as a minimalist in harsh conditions because you want to prove something or be resilient, something like that. That could be considered a stupid mistake. Yeah. However, a, no- a normal mistake, as you said, yeah, it doesn't. Not all mistakes are stupid. Exactly. They're only stupid if they're stupid. <laughs> 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 you don't think about it. And then law number 10, use your brain.
0: Well, that just, that goes along with the avoiding stupid mistakes for one thing. I mean, use your brain to think about stuff, but it's more than that. It's it's critical thinking. It's considering the world around us it's looking and it's learning new things and observing things and yeah it's the like neuroplasticity and the whole yeah. idea of don't if you don't use it you'll lose it brain is very much like that
1: yeah it's the learning component that's uh, that's crucial for staying healthy and yeah as you said i think it's the use it or lose it more than anything like with with your muscles and lifting heavy things, your brain is just one of those muscles that needs its exercise. So challenging your brain in some way, like doing something that uh, you don't like doing or that you don't want to do. Or maybe just learning something new, like picking up a new book or um, talking to somebody that you've never talked to before. Uh, just doing something where that's taking your brain out of autopilot or not allowing yourself to just consciously or subconsciously go through the day. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and
0: practicing like uh, memory, for example, that's something that in the modern age, we've outsourced so much of our memory to our cell phones and to the internet that we don't use it all that often. Mm -hmm. And and I've noticed a huge influx in people that can't remember things these days, you know, like even phone numbers and even myself, I remember a time when I had all my friends' phone numbers memorized. Like anytime I wanted to get in touch with somebody, I would just call them up. Mm -hmm. Now, the other day i had to look up my own mother's phone number oh wow (laughs) and like that kind of scares me because it's not just that it's like with navigation we used to look at a map figure out we were going then put the map away and Mm -hmm. go there yeah nowadays we put on the gps navigation and it tells us turn by turn how to get there our brains aren't actually in it anymore
1: yeah it's so true it's such an important law now that we talk about it uh, it's at the bottom of the list for number 10 but really it's so crucial today and age because we really do outsource so much like we use our cell phone for pretty much everything when we have a question before we're able to think about it we've subconsciously pulled out our phone and googled it most of the time and then um, the you know the types of stuff that we uh, discover on there like you know can be so misleading and it's just it's just poisonous for our brain we're, we're you know kind of learning something but often it's just straight up toxic yeah exactly and we're
0: it's just for a very short term and we're not we don't plan to recall that information at any point it's just in the moment we wanted to know something so we checked yeah and it, I'm not gonna say that there's anything wrong with that in the grand scheme of things it's incredibly handy to have the entirety of human knowledge at our fingertips yeah but we have to remember that we have to put our brains to work. We have to challenge them, we have to remember stuff, we have to practice, otherwise they'll stop working. Mm -hmm. Um, I heard somebody once uh, say that he thinks that we're going to be facing the biggest dementia outbreak that the world has ever seen in about 15 to 20 years. And it's directly the result of technology because we're not using our brains enough, and we're going to get to a point where we literally forget how to think
1: yeah wow i I wouldn't be surprised that that along with uh brain toxins like uh, heavy metals and stuff like that i I wouldn't be surprised, but anyways yeah it's uh it's important to uh, use your brain. you know, a lot of people think that because you used it more you you think harder. Um, You remember more that uh, you are more full. You're more closer to your capacity, but in essence, it's not the more It's like a saw like the more you sharpen it uh, the better. It's gonna work Yeah, exactly and and you can consider thinking and using your brain and remembering and all that kind of stuff uh, Sharpening that saw and it'll just work better for when you need it.
0: Yeah, and I mean if you doubt that try this little challenge spend a day working on like puzzles or something like that that makes you think And then at the end of the day, go and try and have an intelligent conversation with somebody and see how sharp you are. And then the next day, sit in front of the TV and watch reruns of any stupid mindless show you can think of all day and go and try to have that same intelligent conversation. I guarantee you're not going to be as sharp or on top of things as you would have after doing puzzles all day.
1: Definitely not. Not if all the other um, obstacles are lined up in the same way, then, or the other uh, things are lined up in the same way, for sure.
0: Exactly. I mean, that's just a little fun thing. I'm kind of joking around, but it's true. Like, we all know those things that we do that make us feel dumb at the end of the day. Like, it's it's mind-numbing stuff. You sit and play video games all day, you can't really think that well afterwards. You sit and watch TV, you can't really think that well yeah. afterwards. Even a long drive, you know, you go on a road trip and you just sort of go on autopilot. Mm-hmm. You haven't really been thinking all day, so your brain kind of just
1: yeah. stops working. Yeah, yeah, totally. And by the way, use your brain for something that's helpful for you. Don't use your brain to have a better argument or to uh, to to plan revenge or, you know, something like that. Um, Use your brain for something that can enhance your quality of life, that's going to help you get you closer to your goals or your get you going in the right direction um, because that's the kind of uh, stuff that's going to charge up your brain and make you feel better and make it work better for you.
0: Exactly. But really, whatever you're going to use it for, just make sure you use it.
1: <laughs> 100%. <laughs> so those are the 10 laws of the Primal Blueprint. Again, I'm going to go through them. Law number one, eat plants and animals. Two, avoid poisonous things three move frequently at a slow pace number four lift heavy things and number five sprint once in a while number six get plenty of sleep number seven play eight get plenty of sunlight nine avoid stupid mistakes and number ten use your brain those are the ten laws of the primal blueprint, the ten laws that uh, we live by here. Yeah, it all makes a whole lot of
0: sense to me. I mean if you follow those ten steps you're going to be living a reasonably healthy life, you're going to have a pretty good quality of living and everything's going to work out just fine. If you're interested in learning more about the primal blueprint or primal health coaching, anything like that, we're going to throw some links in the description for this episode. Check them out, Look, look up Mark Sisson, very very fascinating guy. Um, get in touch with us uh, through our Facebook page or wherever you can find us. Uh, Thomas is a certified primal health coach. He can, uh, he can help guide you in making sure your life is as primal as it can be. And remember, follow these, those guidelines and you'll be the most primal kind of Canadian.
1: Awesome. Yeah. And let us know what you guys think of the episode and uh, what you think of the 10 laws, how you're using them and uh, what it's done for you. Absolutely. And until next time, keep it primal.
0: Tune in next time for more primal conversations.